Welcome again to a very special edition of the Hoop Forum NBA podcast. As always, it's Ben Slykerman and Adam Elder here. And Adam, before we dive into the festivities of today's show, we must congratulate you, sir, on on my Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet year here. Yep, that's right. Fred Van Vliet, Sophie Kate, born on January 16th, which feels so far away at this point. But yeah, we're in the Fred Van Vliet era where we start balling out and hopefully win a ring. Doing it, doing it for your daughter there. So congrats, <laughs> sir. Uh, it's you. amazing, amazing to see this moment for you. So all, all props to you, sir. And I wish a, a happy and healthy life for your daughter. So Thanks, nonetheless, man. absolutely, absolutely. Nonetheless, let's get into it here. Uh, NBA all-star voting is going crazy right now with the fan votes as always. It's it's creating a lot of, a lot of anger between the different factions of fans because honestly, I hate that the the warriors fans and then the rest of Twitter, California is just like fucking up the whole voting pool in general when it comes to the fan vote due to warrior fans and Laker fans, because like somehow Austin Reeves keeps fucking finding his way. And that's just in there too. Right. Don't worry. Russ is in there too. Got more votes than Dane. Yeah. But I'm also like, kind of like, well, (laughs) as I'm wearing my Damian Lillard sweatshirt, as I say that I'm throwing, I feel like I throw so much shade at Dame low key and I feel bad about it. Dame, I think Dame deserves, with each year, Dame deserves more and more criticism. I'll say that. That's all I'll say. Because at what point is it not enough for him to succeed there? Or does he just not have enough to get over the hump? He just needs a second guy. He needs a second big man with him. Everyone needs a second guy. (laughs) (laughs) Right, he needs a second guy, but he needs somebody that's not shorter than him. That's the second best player on the team. Like CJ McCollum. And like they yeah, were kind of going that fair. direction with Norm Powell, who was going to low key be the second best player on the team when they traded him for Gary. And I don't know, like, yeah, you're right. Every year it gets a little bit more on Dame. I mean, they have Jeremy Grant for him now. Who's looking like kind of a guy, but yeah, that's, that's all, that's yeah. all a whole nother conversation though. That's, 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 that's just my Portland that. trailblazers woes that I have to spill out there. You perpetually have uh, Portland Trailblazer woes for like the whole entirety of the time we've been doing this podcast. So I know, I know. No, no. and it's on record of me getting hype about the Norm and Robert Covington trades too, where I'm like, or no, when we acquired them, yeah, and then about how sold it could be the them second for best defense in like the league and stuff. And oh my god, sold them for pennies. So in the case of the All Stars, though, I mean the fan vote is obviously hot it is super hot right now with that being said it makes up 50 percent of the uh starting lineup percentage um and then the rest of that goes to uh current players who vote and the media that get the vote um so that totals for the star uh the starters the five starters and then the remaining bench players um 14 players are picked by the 30 nba coaches um which balances everything out because i mean the starters for the most part go the correct way, but sometimes it's just like a little, I don't know. It gets, it gets pretty opinionated. So with that being said, Adam claims for his 2023 all-star selections, he's got some hot takes here. So we're going to go ahead and kick it off here for the hoop form all-star selection. And we're going to start in the Western conference with the starters. So five starters here, Adam elder, let's kick it off with the guards, get two guards, uh, two forwards and a center. Let's run it. From the top down, here we go. Drum roll. Luka Doncic is the starting guard on the Western Conference All-Star team. John Morant next to him. And then we have Aaron Gordon, DeMontis Sabonis, and Nikola Jokic as your front as your front court. So you definitely got super hot. <laughs> you, you, you started off correct here. I'll run mine really quick. So you started off correct. John Morant, Luka Doncic. Fine. Obvious. Uh, obvious for Luka. I think we'll discuss the jaw situation because that one for me was a little tough to put him there, but I did put him there. Uh, I, have, I have LeBron. Uh, I, ha- I just, I have LeBron. Oh, you have to man. Have, it's not even a man. conversation. It's not. It's not. 
Same goes for Nikola Jokic. Not a conversation. So you have LeBron there instead of Gordon, right? I have LeBron there, obviously, instead of Gordon. You're saying that like that's hot. And then I... No, no, no. I'm not saying that like it's hot. I definitely made a statement with that because I'll back it up and just go ahead. I'll tell you, because we'll we'll talk Gordon because I have Gordon, but he's not in the certain lineup for me. Right, okay. Yeah. I I got Markinen right there. Mmm. What? As the starter? I got marketing right there. And I think, okay, so let's, let's discuss it right now. To, to me, this one is a little obvious, not because of just the stat line. And with that being said, the stat line is impressive. We're looking at 24, 8 and 1 on a 52% field goal percentage, 42 from the three, uh, 87 from the line, and a 61 effective field goal percentage. The game's in Utah, Adam. The game's in Utah. Okay, so what? I think Darius, that was Darius Garland a starter last year. He was, wasn't he? Or was he not? They gave a DG and Mobley. Did they not? No, it was Allen. Or Allen. DG. Yeah, DG and Allen. And then Mobley participated in the skills contest. Yeah, which went terribly. But which <laughs> Jordan Clarkson will probably be shooting threes. You know what I mean? He'll probably oh, be yeah. in the three. But, so I, I think for that reason, the fact that it's in Utah, that's why to me that's obvious. But it's also not hot based off of the stat line. No, it's not either. He's been scoring extremely well. Let's bring it up here. Yeah, and now they've come down to earth, absolutely. And I, you know, I have that in here, my little write-up about him. Like, they've certainly come back to earth as of late. Um, but Lowry continues to impress and, and has really elevated his level of play. And the fact, fact of the matter is, he's like, yeah, okay, he's getting more usage. So you could argue that's where it, it comes from. But it's like, but the efficiency is held. So it's like... He's thriving with the more responsibility, and that's impressive. Right. 34 minutes a game. Can't believe that, too. 17th overall in points per game. I mean, looking like a top 30 player this season? Well, at least in points. I mean, it just, I don't know. (laughs) It's going to be defensive, too, and it's going to be long-term success combined with just more prove-it stuff, but I mean, the, the kind of shots that Lowry has made this year, too, have been highly impressive. Like, remember when we saw him in Cleveland, it kind of felt like they force-fed the, him the ball a lot of the time, and he was shooting a little bit out of rhythm, so it looks bad. But then you see him this year in Utah, they're letting him kind of post up within 18 feet, and he's so good at spinning on his back foot and getting to that mid-range, and then just also driving at the basket. He's so athletic. Like, they're giving him all this space. And he's alert and conscious on defense. Right. Right. Like, yeah, I just think it's obvious because I mean, because they're a Utah too. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Aaron Gordon though. My God, we can talk about that. Denver has won 15 games in a row at home. They are number one in the Western conference. Nikola Jokic is their overall best player. They are a, working machine of wins and chemistry right now. And it's so exciting because this is what we, this is all we ever wanted to see from them is to be in the first seed with a nice little lead here over Memphis, who is just a win machine as well, but they just have all their role. And Aaron Gordon is the second best player on that team. And he is their best defender. He is their most reliable defender. He's, Honestly, besides Jokic, he's their most reliable player, even though he only gets you 16, 17 points a game. And that is so valuable right now because all of a sudden he's become in this role of he's not as good as like Bam out of bio, but he's in that same like area. I mean, it, it's highly, this season, highly effective next to Jokic. This season, what he's doing is translating to one of the best teams in basketball and one of the best offensive teams ever. So I would argue that he might be a better player than Bam this season. I'm not saying his ceiling is higher than Bam's, but dude, I have him on my bench. And what I had for him, I said I was putting Aaron Gordon there for being easily one of the best high-level role players in the league. And on many nights of this season, it's been him as like the second best player on this team. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like he is that important to the Nuggets success and he's carved out this role of a guy that maybe doesn't particularly shoot that well, but is still a stretch for extreme at all, dude. 
I mean, like it's, it's 59 be, from the field, 37 from three, 63 from the line, 63 effective. Okay. 63 that, from the line isn't great, but also no. how many attempts is that on though? What three or four, probably yeah. low volume from the free throw line. Uh, almost five. So, I mean, 16, six and two though, 59 field goal, 37, from three, 37 from three is nice. It is nice. And I just look at Aaron Gordon. I'm like, this guy is an all-star game player because all he's going to be doing is catching ridiculous lobs from both Sabonis, Doncic, and Jokic. Did you like, hear what he said too? He would do the all-star game if they made him an all-star. Or he would do that. Of yeah, course he would. My bad. I fucked that. If they made the all-star. Yeah, that is. I mean, it's true. He should. Yeah, he would do the dunk, dunk contest. But I feel like the shooting from Doncic and Jokic John Morant's flying around there. Like he's catching lobs as well. Like doing insane dunks. Him and him and Gordon next to each other. So with Jaw, I felt a little hot with the Jaw take because I went Jaw over Steph. And I did that for the simple fact that the Grizzlies have been the more consistent team all season. And they're right. neck and neck with the Nuggets. And comfortably distancing themselves from like the rest of the pack. Um, So to, to me for jobby and the driving force behind that um, it warrants him coming in over Curry in this situation. Right. You want to hop over to the East though? Uh, Cause Luca uh, enough said Jokic (laughs) enough said (laughs) there's not much to talk about there. I mean, they're incredible. We can look at the stats really quick. Um, Luca right now, 33, eight and eight. 49 from the field, 35 from three, 73 from the line, 56 effective. Insane. I don't think I have Nikola Jokic pulled up here. 33.8. That's just nuts. Nikola Jokic Jokic. is the MVP of this league right now. I know. I know. Like, let's just talk about what he did the other night. I think it was in Portland. He was like 13 of 14 from the field, had a triple double and did it in like what? 30 minutes or something. Just ridiculous. He, he might just be the most efficient basketball player that's ever played in this game. 25, like, 11, and 9. 62 from the field. 37 from 3. 82 from the free throw. 65 effective. As a center. At the end of it, by the end of his career, do you think he might be... The I mean, best top five shooting player to ever play in the NBA. He's going to be a top 10 player of all time. He may not have the brass. If he wins two rings like Hakeem, then I think people will say he's better than Hakeem all time. I think if you look at the advanced stats, he'd have to be. And I can see Jokic getting pretty high on the scoring thing, low-key. I can see him... I don't know. Is it possible for him to make a run at the assists? Because he's already 27, right? So, I mean, but a guy like him, you know he's got nine prime years left. Isn't LeBron approaching that, though? No, LeBron's... LeBron's climbing the ladder, but, like, he's... Nobody can beat John Stockton until unless they, like, came out of the gate. Rookie season, like, seven and a half assists a game. You know what I mean? Like, just absolutely diming. Being all parts of starting the offense. Jokic, though, incredible. Just an absolute, oh, yeah. absolute monster. Just obvious the starting center for the All-Star game. Uh, let's hop over to the Eastern Conference starters here. I'll run mine first. We got Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid. Okay. Okay. I see you, except for one. All right. And that is, I have Donovan Mitchell at the one. and I have Jalen Brown at the two. I'm saying Brown, Tatum, Mitchell, Brown, Tatum, Durant, and Embiid. So the reason I'm putting Irving here, I mean, of course, the numbers are great there. Um, Let's look at those really quick. 26, 5, and 4, 48 from the field, 36 from the three. You could work that up a little bit, but 89 from the line and a 56 effective. Kyrie Irving coming out here and just doing it and his own way doesn't need anything set up for him. Doesn't need a play called for him. Doesn't matter who's guarding oh, him. Yeah. 
It's Kyrie Irving just oh, hooping yeah. out there, bro. And I don't want to hear the bullshit about this guy not deserving to be in the starting lineup or even on the roster due to the controversy at the beginning of the season and just all of the controversy that follows this guy. I don't want to hear it because this is an all-star basketball game for all-star all-star level basketball players. And last mm-hmm. time I checked, Irving is exactly that. The dude just hoops. Yeah, he what, does. What else do you hoop. want in an all-star he does. game? And plus, you know, he's running out there with Durant and, you know, that gives the net. But it's just, it's, Part of this is about optics, honestly. Like the biggest thing about picking all-star votes that is so difficult is you're like, does one team actually deserve two all-stars on, you know? Like does one team actually have two all-stars? Much less, does one team actually have two starters? Yes. And I'm saying the same thing, but it's Brown and Tatum. I think that Brown has just been the best shooting guard in the NBA this year, to be quite frank with you. His all of his numbers went up, bro. Right. This dude is hitting an actual prime as a he plays like Kobe, what with three point a lot more three point confidence. Yeah. Look at that. I'll show you the improvement here really quick. It's actually insane. So from last season, right now, 26, 7, and 3. Look at the percentages. The only thing that's dipped is the three-point percentage. His field goal went from 47 to 49, and he increased his attempts. <laughs> his effective went up with that. His two-point percentage went from 54 to 58 in your argument of him as a two-guard. Two-point attempts went up from 11 to three, so the percentages increased with the attempts. Free throw. Attempts increased from 4.8 to 5.4 and increased in percentage from 75 to 78. I mean, the dude has improved basically every year of his career. I know. It's insane because when you watch him dribble size up, he couldn't do that four years ago. He couldn't even really do that when they made the, um, when they made it in the bubble, when they made it all the way to the conference finals. He really wasn't even like that then. Like the fact that he's grown this much and looks like a legit first option at the two is insane. Like, but he's just playing. It's, I feel like the comparison is they're the real Paul George and Kawhi almost, you know, <laughs> like, but it's more they're like, everything Paul George and Kawhi wish they could be. Right. But it's more almost like there's Jimmy Butler DNA in there as well. With like, Jalen Brown. Right. Right. And yeah. there's KD DNA with Tatum. There so it is. Makes, so I, I always want to make that comparison, but it's like they're really something unto themselves with how they play. So Don, we agree on Don because I don't even think that's like a question. No, uh, I don't think it's a question either. Dude, the dude's been absolute dynamite for the Cavs. Right. He has. I mean, they could have 71 for points. A better fit. Yeah, and that that right there alone solidifies it. The 71, 71 points to bring them back to win. Yes. Right? They won that game, didn't they? Yeah. In overtime. Against the Bulls. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, he has been absorbed nearly flawlessly into their system. Um, he stepped it up on the defensive end of the floor again as well. And he's balling out of control. Much respect he to that is. guy. Let's just read that stat line alone. 22 of 34 from the field, 65%, 7 of 15 from three, 47%, 20 of 25 from the free throw line, 80%, eight rebounds, 11 assists, four turnovers, one block, and 71 points in 49 minutes. And then it's a yearly uh, up-to-date stat line for the year to 28, three, and four. 48 from the field, 39 from the three. 86 from the line, 57 of Don. I love Don. Beast, dude. He is a beast. Jason Tatum, obvious best player on the best team in the league, obvious starter, continues to improve and grow in his role as the leader of the Celtics. And his offensive rating jumped from 113 to 119 this season, dude. How insane is that? Oh. 
Now, granted, they had a rough start to the season last year. Yes. So I'm sure that didn't help his averages. But, dude, 31, 8, and 4, 46 from the field, 35 from 3, 87 from the line, 54 effective. 31 points a game. To average 30 points a game is ridiculous. It, like, I... I don't even know how to describe watching the Celtics this year. They're unfair because Tatum is scoring 31 points a game and they still have Malcolm Brogdon and Marcus Smart and Derek White and Jalen Brown and Grant Williams and Al Horford and Robert Williams. Like, yeah. It is unfair. It is unfair. And like, yeah, that's why like this was a, I felt like that was my no brainer pick was that Jalen Brown was the one and, or that Jalen Brown was the two on the all-star starters and Donovan Mitchell had to get get bumped to the one. And I got to say though, the West better watch out because this East team is pretty fucking good. Like, (laughs) I mean, that's a pretty, I don't know, like Sabonis and Gordon, are great picks. They're fun picks and everything, but against Durant and Tatum. Yeah. Cause then you also got Joel Embiid out there too. Yeah, exactly. And he's going to slaughter people. Joel Embiid is usually balls out in the all-star game. I love it. It's the one time I actually do enjoy Joel Embiid. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, but don't they just pick the teams though? Yeah, I know. They don't do East and West anymore, so it gets all intermixed. So, I mean, this mix is kind of antiquated, but I like this setup, as you know. Oh, yeah, this would be a nasty lineup. So let's go to the, let's go to the benches here. We'll move on to the Western Conference bench. Are you ready for this? Yep, right. Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Check. De'Aaron Fox. Check. Larry Markkinen. Steph Curry and LeBron James. And then your deep bench. Clay Thompson. Zion Williamson and CJ McCollum. So I'm conflicted on one of those and I'll tell you which one it is. I got Steph, Shea, Zion, Aaron Gordon, which we already discussed Aaron Gordon. And I got DeMontis Sabonis. And then my deep bench. So I'm stuck between De'Aaron Fox and CJ McCollum. I wanna I wanna go CJ to give him his first all-star appearance, but something about me tells De'Aaron Fox, and we'll get into it. Um, and then I got Devin Booker as a lock. I put him on there um, just because I think he's easily the best two guard in the league. And I don't know how you could watch this guy play and not count him as an all-star oh yeah for sure the only case against him for me i guess is the team has struggled but you can easily blame those struggles on the lack of depth and not nearly an indictment on booker at all he might be back within the next week or so because the basketball reference site says that he has a left groin strain and will be reevaluated reevaluated in four weeks and that was on december 28th so i wonder if he's getting worked back in let's see because, I mean, he's the obvious one for me, too. I will gladly kick, like, CJ or Clay off of there to put in, you know, Devin Booker because Devin Booker should honestly be a starter on the team. If he was, you know, playing every game, he'd be a shoo-in. For me, it's just, it's, it's, too, it's too easy with him. I mean, he makes the game look effortless most of the time when he's on the floor. So, and he's just, he's a big-time player. Like, you can't not have him on the All-Star game. De'Aaron Fox, I'm putting him him here for kind of the same reason I put Sabonis in. So they've been such a great story this season, the Kings. I mean, impressively the four seed right now in the Western Conference. Um, Both Domas and uh, De'Aaron have been a huge part of that. Um, Sabonis increasing his offensive rating from 120 to 133 in the same number of minutes per game this season. Yeah, it's like 34 minutes per game. It's just outrageous. Um, I think it's tough to look at the Kings this far and realistically keep either of these guys out. So I had, I know you had uh, Sabonis in your starting lineup, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I got him on the bench here. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, 
it's, it's the same thing. And the, the clutch thing. So like I argue Fox or McCollum, the reason I go Fox is because of clutch moments, bro. This dude has been absolutely insane in the clutch. Um, basically like the only player in clutch stats that's better than him is the, uh, DeMar DeRozan. But then you look at the oh, records DeMar. of the teams mm-hmm. and you're like, well, Darren Fox's clutch is translating to winning basketball. And DeMar is probably just making prayers <laughs> from the mid range and the final oh, yeah. moments of the game. That's, that's exactly what it is. De'Aaron's effective field goal percentage and clutch minutes increases from 53.8 to 63.3. That's nuts. Yeah. And his free throw percentage and clutch minutes goes from 73.7 to 86.7. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's all-star shit right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, sitting in the four like, seed uh, as the Sacramento Kings, too. Like, that's... That's part of it. That's almost as big as the thing of Larry Markin and being a starter because they're in Utah. Like, right. It's kind of the same uh, emotion. <laughs> right. You're exactly. You're just like, please. Yeah. So but 24, yeah. four and six for the guy, 50 from the field, really low on the three, but that's okay. Uh, 78 from the line, 55 effective. I mean, he's legit. Let's talk about another guy who really doesn't shoot threes, but's on here for both of us. Shay, my oh, God, yeah. the drive King. Dude, what an absolute beast. His mid-range is so filthy as well. Like, I, when you watch it, like, did you watch the game against the, I didn't watch it myself, but I saw the highlights against the 76ers mm-hmm. where he actually was balling out on them. And for some reason, you look at OKC and you're like, is the experiment working? Because Josh Giddy seems to be a real point guard and Shea is doing his thing at the two. And then you just have a group of wings around them that's fitting in well, like Jalen Williams. It's wild because they're only two games outside of the play-in and right. they were supposed to be one of the top tanking teams in, in the league. Right. And Shea just comes along, dude, and has improved his entire stat line this season. Right now, he's looking at 34-5. and five. We look at the percentages from last season to this season. Points, well, points were 24 last season. So he jumped up from 24 points a game to 30 points a game. Mm-hmm. His two-point percentage went from 51 to 53. His effective went from 49 to 53. His three-point went from 30 to 35, granted on less attempts, but still. Field goal percentage went from 45 to 50. And... People I mean, were trying crazy. to throw noise about them trading him in the offseason or early this season. I mean, yeah. that makes no sense. That He's him, young. That he wanted out. Yeah. He's yeah, young. He fits their lo- he fits their timeline. Right. And he's, and he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. He's amazing. He's amazing in the clutch. Like, yeah, I know. Like, and then if the fact that they can get going farther off than they thought they could after wanting to just what people assume to be competing for the lottery picks. Like, I mean, they're nothing but secure right now. Like it is awesome to see. And Shea is at the forefront of that. And then you got Chad coming back. Yep, exactly. People are trying to throw out the wild takes too. They're like, man, if they make a playoff run, you might see Chad. It's like no chance. No yeah, chance. No, they're arresting him for any semblance of the rest of the season. There is no yeah. way. This is Oklahoma city. They're probably like fanning him right now with like palm leaves, feeding him grapes. Yeah, feeding him grapes as he sits on the you know the bike, the rogue bike, <laughs> watching Oklahoma public access television. So Zion gets in there, absolute beast. Probably won't play, might play. Who knows? Um, puts up historic numbers basically every time he's on the floor. So. <laughs> in terms of efficiency, so it's just like. How is this man not an all-star? <laughs> There's something so weirdly funny and true about that statement about Zion. Like every <laughs> something historic about it every time. Oh my god! Because I mean, the efficiency numbers are always just insane. People say that he's better. People have said online that he is better than Shaq in the paint, and I'm like, what? I'm like he's what six inches shorter than Shaq? At the least. Yeah, there's no way he's better than Shaq in the paint. Yeah. 
I know, like, but like the Shaq the is a top ten player of all time. Right. I know. But like Zion is just Zion is just a wrecking crew, though. Like, I feel like once he really starts to develop a comfortable looking mid-range fadeaway and can get decent distance off of it, Julius Randle is going to be studying that game tape. Like Bro. he's going to I feel like if he can down. hit LeBron fadeaways. It's over. Right. Right. Like he just posts up on the block. Like that's not even a good shot for LeBron, but if he can, if he can at least threaten people with it, right, right, he just needs to watch like Jimmy Butler and Demar Derozan highlights and footwork in the in the post. Like, yeah, like it's funny. I have such a weird relationship with Zion because I'm just like, yeah, he's good, you know. But that's about it. He's an all-star. It's just obvious. Yeah. You can't pass him off uh, up on there. I am happy for him for shedding weight this season, though, and looking at least moderately healthy. Steph Curry is there as well. Easy choice. I don't want to hear that Steph Curry is playing the best basketball of his career this season conversation, though, because I feel like people try to say that every year. Yeah, it's I kind know. Of getting old. And I'm just like, because he has a great year every year. Yeah, on his standard performance at this point, he's just going to be a great all-time <laughs> historic point guard. Like he's a top he's five player point. of all time, dude. Wow, in the flesh. I don't know. I think of he is. Dude. I think he's. I think he's top five of all time in the flesh right now. I think we have two guys playing right now mm, in the flesh. Ask me that question in three years. You, you tell me you're not saying it if he has one more ring. Okay. If he okay, yeah. Yeah, he would be top five at that point because then he's your best point guard of all time. Yes. Oh, you, I feel like we have to admit it almost every episode. <laughs> if Curry wins one more, then he's it. Like, oh, I think he's there already. I think he's top yeah. five already, but yeah. Sad. It Sad is what it is. Because his health kept me back from putting him as a starter. That and as well as their record, like yeah, their record like middled. Yeah, even when he has been out there, like they need every ounce of him to even be like decent, and they're not even decent. So, who was it on ESPN the other day that said something about you know what it would take for the Warriors to actually win more games? And somebody said like Jordan Poole in the clutch, like not messing up every single time, like committing turnovers. Yeah, not that being was a liability. First me- media pundit I've heard say that. Yeah. Just blatantly, they were like, oh, if they want to win games, they got to figure out what they're doing with Jordan Poole. Was it uh, Wilburn? Maybe. I can't remember. Because I remember it was cold. Yeah, like, it was they, cold. They cut like, the person I, off. They didn't even let him finish. They were like, Jordan Poole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I like, I totally botched the quote there, but like, it was yeah. just absolutely cold <laughs> because it just was, they was like, Jordan Poole. Yeah, the fact that like he turns the ball over every time he tries to isolate in the in the clutch, like uh, it might have been during the Boston game. Every time he tries to be baby Steph, imagine that. Yeah, no kidding. Let's move to the Eastern Conference bench here, though. I'm gonna go ahead and run mine down here. Jalen Brunson, Kyrie Irving, Pascal Siakam, Giannis, and Bam Adebayo. And then deep bench, Tyrese Halliburton, James Harden, and Jimmy Butler. I just realized that I had Joel Embiid over Giannis, and I completely scratched that. No, I wouldn't scratch it. I think that's team Giannis, though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I can't believe I did that. I feel ashamed. I'm putting Joel on the bench and I'm putting Giannis back in the starting lineup. Well, the thing was for me though, I'm like, well, Giannis is going to start anyways because of KD. I'm like, Giannis right. is going to be placed right there next to him. Next to Embiid. So like, well, there's your starters. Giannis, so that's why he was starting. He's going to start regardless. Yeah. <laughs> Team Giannis. It's Team Giannis. That's what they did. They picked, uh, they picked the captain. Oh, oh, okay. I see. Yeah, it wasn't Team KD this year. Damn. It went back to Giannis. Not hot, though. No, not hot at all. Nonetheless, uh, we agree on Brunson. We agree on Pascal. I have Jalen Brown on my bench. 
I got James Harden on my bench. I got Jimmy Buckets on my bench. I also got Halliburton and Claxton. Damn, really? Yep. Claxton, really? Yep. Claxton is an all-star. I'll tell you why. So, during this breakout campaign here as Brooklyn's starting center, Claxton leads the NBA in field goal percentage with 73% and ranks second in block percentage at 8.1 and defensive rating of 106 per basketball reference. Damn. It's pretty damn good, dude. That is good. That's great, actually. That's all-star level shit. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, that's nice, dude. Uh, you, you, you get this huge role and that's what you deliver. And before yeah, KD went I mean, down, they were legit. As just, any team that has Kevin Durant and loses him is obviously going to suffer. Doesn't negate what Nick, Nick Claxton is doing. Right. <clears throat> no, definitely not because he's just blossomed. I mean, into that Aaron Gordon sort of perfect role player role where he's just blossomed out of nowhere. And the Nets are probably just thanking their developmental squad because that found him in the draft and stuff because now he's just kind of saving them because they were going to be screwed if they didn't have a solid big man this year. And he's been everything about that. Mm -hmm. It's just hard for me to say him over Bam though. Maybe it's because Bam's just one of my personal favorite players, but 42 games this year for Bam, 35 minutes a game. 21.5 points per game. 54% from the field. Doesn't shoot threes. He's shooting 10% from there, but on extremely low volume. But from two, he's shooting 16 a game, 55%. And then from the free throw line, he's at 80% on five attempts per game. Also collecting 10 boards and three assists. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the stats are definitely better than Nick Claxton. And I think it's an obvious pick over him. But I just wanted to get a little hot, and that's why I went Claxton. Because I'm like, I don't think, I think it's as hot as you're saying, though. Like, I know I had a bit of a strong reaction to that, but I'm like, it makes sense because, like, think about Jared Allen last year. He's kind of become like that Jared Allen position in the NBA where he's secretly like a top 10 center already. Well, that's because I looked at Jared Allen, too, and I was like, is there a case for Jared Allen? And then I was like, I realized that the case for Nick Claxton was stronger. Right. And clearly yeah. stronger. So I was like, that's why I'll go him over out of bio. He's played 41 games. He hasn't been that hurt. Jared Allen at 13.7 points per game. So his scoring has gone down. That's natural. Mitchell being on the team, 63% from the field on nine attempts per game. And from the free throw line, he's shooting 71%. Not bad. So with my recent revelation of moving MB to the bench, because I forgot about Giannis, <laughs> I'm putting Jimmy Butler off the team. Damn, Jimmy it gets be an injury replacement. And you don't have Harden on there? I do have Harden on there. You do have Harden on there, and you have Halliburton. So, okay. Yeah, I it guess... It seemed like Halliburton Jimmy. was hot. No, I like Halliburton. I mean, he's on there for me. Uh, okay, so... That one was for the NBA sickos on the internet. Yeah, it is. It is. And it'll happen because of him too, because he's also going to be a coach's pick. Because yeah. what do you think of Tyrese Halliburton playing in the clutch? Have you, I mean, we've talked about Indiana Pacers games before, but like. The guy is just so interesting because this is like a team that we're like, oh, they're finally going to tank. They're finally going to tank. And then like, he's so impressive that he elevated the rest of the team to actually be competitive there for a stretch. I mean, now with him hurt, that's they're looking like they might be tanking a little bit, but it was just like, this team was talking about like being buyers at the deadline before he went down because of how like good he was making them. 20.2 points per game on 10.2 assists, 39% from three and 48% from the field. Effective field goal is 57.8 and his free throws at 88%. Yeah. Low volume on free throw, though, but he's leading the league in assists. It's nice, dude. Like, when I watch... I think Harden's got 11 day, assists right now. Um, well, let's see. sure Harden's beating him. Well, it says on basketball reference that it's in bold, which means league leader. Oh, but damn. Harden is at... Yeah, he's at 11.2. I don't know. It's, well, it's because Harden's played less games than Halliburton, so technically Harden's not a statistic qualifier. 
Because he probably hasn't reached a certain threshold I mean, that's to be in fair. front of Halliburton. But yeah, I mean, Harden's doing that, but uh, <laughs> about that, you know, like. Yes, yes and no. Yes and no. Yeah. My thing with Harden, I'm like, I don't know. It stings a little bit putting him on there because it's James Harden. But yeah. it's also tough to keep him out of the All-Star game because it is James Harden. Yeah. Um, and he he's really shifted into the facilitator role with Philly. And I mean, he's posting 11 assists a game. I mean, for him to be the point guard on what's the second best team in the East right now basically warrants his all-star appearance. Mm-hmm. Albeit him being out for a stretch where they were actually good without him. So, And he was out yesterday too, so. Yep, he's been shoddy this season in terms of health, so it just makes you wonder. Because like, it never used to be like that. I know, he was the Iron Man. James Harden was always the Iron Man. Oh my God. Jalen Brown's on my bench. We already kind of discussed that. He's improved his entire stat line with the exception of three point percentage. So it's too easy. Pascal Siakam has been the best player in Toronto, despite all the noise around the team. Um, Specifically, despite all the noise around him in trade talks and dreams of blowing the team up. So I don't know. That's not real. I feel like it's not real. But I wonder if Toronto is having like legit locker room issues though. I wonder about that too, but uh, apparently people that are close to uh, Masai or however you say it. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Masai. They literally like, he loves Pascal. Right. And he, I mean, he like, should literally will not reason. trade Pascal Siakam. Right. Like, I mean, it, I would love to see Pascal and Freddie be in Toronto forever. I mean, like, but did you hear the story that was on the low post? I think it was about a week or two ago. It was about the Raptors and they were talking about how um, Scotty is kind of having like a downish year and like all those talks about him being untradeable for KD like kind of went to like his head or something. And like all the guys, there's a lot of guys on the Raptors that were either late draft picks or undrafted and they had to really work to be where they are and like make a name for themselves. And that like, I just Scotty think was patient the wrong way. Yeah, I think so too. I think like, that's just that's embroiling because of people being uncomfortable, like mm-hmm. and not winning a lot of games and sliding and like they're not meshing like on the court as well as they could. And they had injuries too. They missed Achua for friggin' like two months. He was a yeah. bit, he's their starting five. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like they slid, and like now all of a sudden there's tension, quote unquote. And like, but there's no there's never any talks of really reshaping the roster because they're a good center away from being a arguably a top five team. Yeah. That's the thing is like, we just need patience with these guys. He had a great rookie season and that's awesome. That doesn't mean he's a fully fleshed basketball player yet. Despite him showing moments the last season of being a ready now win player. Same goes with Mobley. Now Mobley balled out just last night against the Giannis list bucks, but and had a huge game, but it's like, he's had his moments this season too. That haven't looked great, but last season pretty much was consistent all season as a monster. It was yeah. like a French defensive player of the year conversation, <laughs> which is just insane. He was a rookie, right? Like it's okay though. Like this guy has a whole career ahead of him. Exactly. Yeah. His physicals take him there to be in that conversation easily because you know, like, he has all the instincts to be a guy that just all of a sudden has a 2.6 blocks per game year, you know, like crazy. Absolutely. Scotty's nice. Scotty is nice. And I like Scotty a lot because he has, he has a bag. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like he has a bag and a lot of people don't want to say that. Yep. And he's not afraid to shoot the three. He he, he needs to get the efficiency up, but his, his fearlessness with it, could go a long way if he can match it with the efficiency. Exactly. Because he is not afraid to let that thing fucking launch, bro. And that's what would would make him better than Ben Simmons, you know, like being that same prototypical player, maybe just a little bit shorter, but still an elite defender, an elite, elite defender, a playmaker. Yeah. And all of a sudden with high high level playmaker. Right. Like, yeah, like the Toronto stuff, it just, I don't know. Pascal, definitely an all-star. I love it. I hate to see Freddie having such like a down season. Gary is the one where everybody's ready to boot Gary out. 
of mm-hmm. Toronto. That's hilarious. Like people almost are like, yeah, it's a foregone conclusion that he's getting traded. Yeah, it's like they act like he's not even on the team anymore. Right. <laughs> and all they were doing is that he was not playing good defense. So Nick Nurse was like, I'm just going to bench you if you're not going to play defense. Right. And then he has to Rightfully make his so. way back. Right, exactly. Rightfully so. So like, yeah, I feel like that's fake drama all around Toronto for some reason. You ain't, you ain't getting minutes on a Nick Nurse team not playing defense. Exactly. And think about the Kyle Lowry situation. They did right by Kyle. They got him to Miami. He got his yeah. bag. Like everything went well in that situation and nobody got kind of like dude, he'll probably come back for like if nothing else to do a Dwayne Wade retiring thing where he comes back for like a game. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. Or just like one washed season. One yeah, totally when, washed season. When it, when his contract's done in Miami, bro, you know they will. Yeah. I would hope so. I would I would hope so too. They did everything right by them. Uh, Jalen Brunson, the guy is just clearly an all-star. He's putting up the numbers. His offensive rating has jumped from 117 to 121, which could easily be contributed to usage rate, but it's still noticeable, like notable um, that it didn't increase with the more opportunity. It's only increased. So, right. I mean, he stepped it up. He is just such a fun pace setting point guard. Like, mm-hmm. The fact that he just takes the ball baseline to baseline every single time and he's looking for avenues go in that trip. Like, and if not, he's just gonna drive and he's gonna stop and pivot and hit a little mid-range shot. And like he's just got it really figured out. Like yep. when you think of a playmaking point guard, I feel like the first image in your mind is gonna be somebody like Jalen Brunson. And we were talking about Halliburton and his offensive impact. Like it just looks different because Halliburton's so slithery. But mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson is just downhill, like a downhill point guard. And yeah, it was, that's why he was the number one guard off the bench for me in the Eastern Conference. I've been extremely impressed by him for the Knicks this year. Like he's looked like an actual great player. Yeah. I mean, the stats are insane, dude. He's sitting on 22, three and six, 47 from the field, 39 from three, 85 from the line, 52 effective. It's nice. He had to leave Dallas. <laughs> Everybody calls that the Jalen Brunson mistake, but I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that was a foregone do? conclusion. There was tampering yeah. there. Yeah. And tampering is, I don't even like the term tampering because I don't even think it should be considered that anymore. Right. I don't I think know. it should be illegal because what are we doing here, guys? Um, I'm a clutch like, athlete. Every, everyone acts like they fumbled the bag on that. I'm like, dude, I don't know how much of that was them fumbling the bag and like it just being a done deal. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like, like he's like, it, I'm literally going to go play basketball get paid a hundred million dollars and be on a team where my dad is like affiliated. Yeah. And it's kind of like my hometown. Right. And it's going to so, be like kind of my team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't, yeah. He's the best player on the Knicks. I mean, I'm sorry. Julius Randles looks great this season though, too, but he's the best player on the Knicks. Julius Randle is one that could sneak in here under the all-star thing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. And that's why I was having some trouble with this bench because I'm like, I wanted Bam on there because I felt like after last year, I wanted Bam on the all-star team last year. And I feel like this year he's proved it even more. But I was like, does Julius Randle deserve to be on here more than Zion or like, or not Zion, like um, Jimmy Butler, you know, like it was a tough decision. It is a tough decision. Well, that about does it here for the selections here, man. That was a pretty solid run there. Um, the All-Star Week is always fun. It's nice for those guys to get a break from the game, uh, from the constant competitive games. I mean, even the guys that have to participate are obviously still competing, but it's just oh, yeah. a clear exhibition and they all have fun and whatnot. So um, always a good time. So definitely be tuning into that. Um, hopefully the dunk competition can get interesting this year. If someone like Aaron Gordon does get in there and hope, hopefully he could finally win because we all know he was absolutely robbed by. Oh, he would definitely win this year. This would be the year. It would be the, you know, it would be the Leo Oscar win where he was just about to say that. I was like, they're going to give him the Leo Oscar after all this time. Oh, he probably won't deserve it, but it was just like, at this point there is nothing, no one else better to give it to. So, Oh God, that is hilarious. I was, that was literally about to come out of my mouth. And then you said that I was like, it's the Leo Oscar after the wolf. 
Well, that's like the greatest the late minute. award ever. Right? I know. It's just the most like ridiculous. It's like, are you guys even giving him it for this movie or is it for like his career at this point? Yeah. He should have won it for the wolves. Bro, there's like three the times that he arguably could have won it. Yeah, I know. Uh, Whole totally, different conversation totally, for yeah. another podcast. <laughs> so for another podcast. Uh, we're wrap it there. As always, stay tuned on all social media at the Dip Network. We're on all major podcast platforms. Rate, review, subscribe, and download to the show. We love to hear from any and all listeners. So stay engaged, stay tuned in, um, and, and and get at us here as the NBA season treks on. Here we're through the midseason point, kind of basically, and we're we're heading into the. Uh, the stretch, the stretch of the season here, where things really get interesting. So it's going to be fun. Uh, we'll definitely be coming at you with weekly content. And as always, Adam Elder, one more take. My one more take today. One last take. I almost put Desmond Bain on this list, but definitely below the games qualifier. I wanted Desmond Bain on this list. I think he's there if he's played more games. Yeah. I kind of wanted Jaron though too. I thought about Jaron pretty pretty heavily. Jaron out here getting defensive player of the year nods. Yeah, but it'll be the games that sets him back once again. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Same thing that gets him beat on MVP every year. Oh yeah. My one more take. I want to get hot here. Oh boy. I guess it's not too hot, but Philadelphia does something with Harris by the deadline. You think so? That's the sneak move. I think that's a sneak move. Harrison Thibel. I think they see a window where like if Milwaukee's hurt and Kevin Durant's not being Kevin Durant that they could potentially win. I mean, they're going to have to go through Boston at that point regardless, but I think they can make a desperation move. Oh, James Harden. I would lo- I would absolutely die to see a first round playoff matchup between Boston and Philadelphia where James that Harden has played two games starting out in the Boston Garden. I would love that. The TD Garden? Yep. That would be nice. That would would be so great. Because then you're opening the doors for some other good first-round matchups like the Cavs and like... uh, I don't even know. Cavs-Milwaukee. Or like Cavs-Raptors or something. Like, All right. Well, let's wrap it there. We're out. Peace.